Carla, I'm really uncertain at the minute. Can you help me? Yes, I can. I have a solution for you. You know what's called? No, what is it? Designing for a new level of uncertainty. An amazing title that describes exactly what the content will be. I know. So, yeah, we partnered with Potterpie to interview lots of designers around the world, talk about how we can navigate this completely new level of craziness in the world. Cool, I guess I'll probably subscribe and listen to that as well. Yeah, definitely enjoy season two of Design Untangled. I'm Chris Mears. And I'm Carla Lindarte. We're two UX designers. And we hate jargon. So we're here to help you untangle the world of design. Cut through the crap and talk about what really matters. Yes, solving people's problems. Welcome to Design Untangled. Hello everyone and welcome to Design Untangled with me, Carla Lindarte and Chris Mears like always. And today we have Eduardo Sonino. Eduardo is currently in the US and he is a senior product designer at Microsoft. And he's got a very, very interesting background um, as he was part of a team who worked on this Surface Duo. Um, So welcome, Eduardo. Thank you for being with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, super exciting to join you guys today. Great. So just tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you go into your role at Microsoft. It'll be interesting to know. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm born and raised in Brazil. And and in Brazil, I studied computer engineering um, because design, like doing design in Brazil, it's, um, it's, a, it's a rough path, honestly. It, like... Hopefully today is better, but back in the day when I when I graduated, uh, was really hard to have a career in design. So my, my dad skewed me into computer engineer engineering, and that's what I what I studied. And uh, throughout my college time, I always uh, participated in comp- competitions for software development and interface design, uh, along with my brother. My brother is a hardcore developer. So he he codes way better than I do. So uh, we paired up really well, him doing the code, and I used to just do the design for our projects. So uh, year after year, we we competed in those competitions, and and some of those competitions were uh, sponsored by Microsoft, and um, we we did really well on a few years. And after after a, a few years competing. And uh, after I graduated, I got um, an internship at a company in Texas called Telerik, but as a as a designer, not as a uh, developer. Because of all the projects that I have worked in the past as a designer, I was able to gather kind of a good design portfolio, and I was able to to land a, an internship as a designer in this small company and that spring boarded me into uh, getting a design internship at Microsoft in the Windows core team that used to do search and start a taskbar. So that's how I got my food on the door at Microsoft, uh, got a job and moved to North America to, to join the company. 
first question, I guess, is just how have you been coping with the pandemic just um, personally and work-wise as well? Yeah, def- definitely it, it has changed quite a bit. Um, all, the, all the meetings are, are online. And, and my, my role at Microsoft, I, I work on the Surface team right now. And our team works with software and hardware. As, and as you can imagine, doing hardware, there's a lot of physicality in it. There's a lot of touching the, 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 the products, touching the materials, making physical prototypes, carrying them around. Um, so it's been quite challenging to, to work um, on the hardware space remotely, mainly because of the physicality nature of the, of the trade. So how have you tried to overcome that? Because, yeah, as you mentioned, it's very reliant on, I suppose, both you and customers being able to physically kind of touch and hold devices, as you say. Like, Have you found any remote workarounds for that, or is it just something you can't recreate? Uh, there, so because we work on the software and hardware space, for software solution, we always prototype our solutions and demo them in in the hardware that we're designing for. So for that specific solution, we we in our remote meeting, instead of just sharing my screen and showing um, a PowerPoint deck or a Figma artboard, I I bought a tripod with a camera and I put it in an angle to shoot to shoot. Uh, me using the device over my shoulder so it can showcase people me using the prototype on the device other than just sharing my screen and showing what's on my screen. And that's uh, on the software side of, of things have helped immensely. Like instead of just sharing my screen and, and, and showing the pixels, I actually can showcase me interacting with the device interacting with the prototype that I created and and that uh, on the software space that that helped a lot on the hardware space uh, it's still very challenging you still need to get your 3d printed prototypes and touch them and feel them so we've been doing kind of a, a rotation for going to the office in, in the safest uh, way possible uh, to check on prototypes uh, there are some other uh, prototypes that we mail to people. So we mail directly to their homes so they can try it out and then give it, give them back. Uh, so that's, that's how we've been coping with the, with the situation. So how do you record the feedback from like when you post a device to someone, is it like a diary study kind of thing or do they film themselves using it? For, for the software prototypes, we, we, we get into video calls and, that does the trick usually like because we're doing instead of just turning on my camera i turn on this tripod camera that shows me playing with the prototype and we have a conversation around the experience that i'm showing uh, that has been shot over my shoulder uh, for the hardware ones is definitely uh, uh more of a one one at a time <laughs> feedback we we sometimes we we have to wait a full week for everyone to have experienced the the physical prototype 
and then we can have um, a conversation around the, the the specific model. So it, it gets a little bit slower the, the feedback process, but I, I think still we managed a way to to get everyone uh, get everyone's input and make sure everyone has a voice on the on the process of hardware making. It's interesting. Um, it'd be interesting to know a little bit more about because obviously you, as you talk about how you do the prototyping and testing, um, you kind of explain in your role. But it'd be good to know what your role was in the process and what kind of like team setup you had, like what kind of skill sets and and people you had in the team. So my my team at Microsoft. Uh, so I've been working on the Surface Duo project for the last couple of years, and my team specifically deals with the with the space between where hardware meets software so trying to get that um, the the it, it's, it's basically in the studio we don't have quite a differentiation between a hardware designer and a software designer we're all product designers and but my team specifically um, deals with a lot of prototyping and bridging the gap between design and engineering. So you can imagine that the skill sets of the folks in my team, they are um, all around prototyping, uh, coding, and translating UI from from uh, from Figma or Sketch into code, into XML or XAML. Um, so, and, and also, translating the motion design from After Effects or Protopy or Principle into uh, into into real code. So we try to, my, my team specifically tries to digest as much as possible the design assets into the engineering team. So we can have a, we can bridge the gap between uh, the, the design process and the engineering process. Because I'm interested to learn a bit more about those conversations you have with the the hardware engineers. So, like, could you give us an example, maybe, of one of the maybe design problems that you had to tackle and come to a solution with them during the development of the device, or any more other general examples you can think of? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so on on Surface Duo, for instance, we have a fingerprint reader. Um, on the side of the device, so right below the the power button, there's a fingerprint reader right there, and we had many many studies of like when the fingerprint reader should be on or off, so it doesn't activate in your pocket, for instance, uh, or if uh, what's the hinge angle for those who doesn't know Surface Duo? It's a the two screen device that opens up, it has a 360 hinge. So as you open the device, you can peek on uh, on notifications and at the time. So also the fingerprint reader um, ability to, to, like when the fingerprint reader reads your fingerprint and it's uh, either correct or not, how do we show that to the user? So all those, experiences that are hardware software related we had deep conversations between hardware engineers software engineers and and the software the software design team and the hardware design team 
to to come with with the the proper solutions for for those cool awesome um so yeah i had a question i suppose a bit more specific to the the duo do you feel that because of covid and the way people's lives have changed and their work has changed do you feel like the purpose of that device was originally intended for has maybe shifted because of the pandemic or do you feel it's um sort of of its time almost and people are looking to get a lot more productivity out of their personal devices yeah that, that's a really interesting question because definitely when we started the concept of this product we had no intention of it of being a great <laughs> a great device for you to use during a pandemic. <laughs> it's uh, something that definitely caught us off guard. But uh, as, as you mentioned, like the the concept of mo- productivity in a mobile device has been something that many, many companies have been trying to achieve for quite a long time. And Microsoft is, of course, uh, uh, one of the, the companies that have, have tried to heavily invest on that and try to pursue that mobile productivity. And, and the, I feel that although there are many interesting concepts on how to achieve mobile productivity, we, we, we think about two screens as being an, an amazing device that you carry with you all the time. It can serve many, many purposes in your life and it can definitely make you more productive wherever you go. Mainly because multitasking is built in into the core experience of the of the device. It's not something that we added on top as uh, a lot of other devices have. So because multitasking and doing multiple things at once is is the core of, of, of the device, it really shines through when you use the when, when, when you go through the experience and when you sit on your co- couch and you, you do two or three things at, at the same time with this very thin device on your on your hands, it's, uh, it's something that I don't think uh, other concepts were able to achieve in, in such a seamless way. Like usually the, the mobile devices, they start with one task and then you can do something to achieve a half screen or split screen. But on Duo, the the nature of the device is to do multiple things at once. Doing two or more things at once is is the core experience of, and again, it's built in into the heart and soul of the device, which is something very different for for a mobile device. That sounds interesting because, um, you know, other companies have tried to do that in the past and um you know i remember the beginning of you know mobile devices and people you know do do one thing at a time but actually as you said people are doing multiple things at a time so how did you guys um kind of perfect it did you do lots of testing user testing or you know what was that design process yeah, we did. We did a lot of user testing, and luckily, uh, Microsoft has a, um, uh, a a lab called the Human Factors Lab, where we have all types of machinery to understand the responses of the human body to technology. 
So in terms of ergonomics, in terms of neuroscience, in terms of light, and you can imagine um, like uh, how how many good insights we we got from from studying the the human factors of of tax. So it's it's basically it's easier on your brain to do two things at once and having that seam in the middle and Mm -hmm. doing two activities at once with duo. It easier on your brain than doing two things on on any other mobile device, for instance. The okay. the cognitive load and the the brain activity shows that uh, the the mental model and the experience that we achieved on Duo, it's really it, it it's just easier on people's brain than other multitasking approaches that other companies try to do. Yeah, interesting. Um, I mean, as you said before, um, you obviously were planning to design a device that worked in the middle of a pandemic, right? Um, and we, as designers, we always worked with a, a level of uncertainty on, you know, a product roadmap or features, etc. We kind of like, in the process, we keep making changes, etc. But how... Um, has the design of the Surface Duo changed, um, you know, as a result of COVID? I mean, for example, um, the, the latest Google Pixel has removed the, has, uh, uh, sorry, has brought back the um, fingerprint ID because people and I with with face masks, you know, it's harder to do face ID, etc. So, was there anything in the kind of feature, you know, roadmap of 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 the surface that you guys had to change because of COVID and what's happening in the world? Yeah, the, the, when we when we were developing Duo, I, I believe the, the pandemics hit us in the latest phases of of development of the product so hardware wise definitely we 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 were lock and loaded and we we didn't um we weren't able to do much uh to pivot from our hardware design standpoint because of the pandemic per se but on the software side uh, on the other hand we saw amazing interesting opportunities and different use cases that we never thought before being used um, with Duo. Duo has an interesting uh, concept called app pairs that in one tap you can open two apps at once on both displays. Uh, I mean, one on each display. And it was really interesting to see how people were using, all, all our users were using the that feature to create different app pairs and app sets for their different needs during the pandemic. So you can imagine a Zoom call on one screen while you're taking notes uh, or uh, also like a video call while while you're um, uh, watching a video or while you're reading a book. So like with with a, a textbook, so we couldn't do any hardware changes for the pandemic per se to inform the design of the of the device, but for sure the way that people are using the device pivoted quite a bit. So the software experiences that we didn't anticipate while designing the product um, 
uh, they'd really changed for because of the pandemic, which is super that, interesting. Yeah, that's super interesting. I mean, it's also like quite exciting that you guys were able to deliver something that is going to be useful for people. So that's that's really cool. Yeah, I think the other interesting thing about it is, you know, this whole season is about uncertainty and designing within it. And, you know, even before COVID, I think maybe some people thought if you did enough user research up front and enough iteration, iteration, sorry, um, then once you release your product, it's going to be fairly fit for purpose. But I think this situation you just described has proved that sometimes you will just never know things until it's actually in the hands of customers in the real world right yeah exactly and that that's that's the best way to to learn uh you you just put something out and see how people perceive it see how people use it and and you learn from that and you you learn and iterate and the, the whole fail fast mentality that we embrace so much uh that's that's very true in the in in these times you can you can't foresee what's coming so putting something trying trying to foresee creates more effort and more churn than trying it out and learning from your your mistake or from your from whatever you get right i feel mm-hmm. like yeah um so just following on the thread about how people's use is just changed have you seen any other kind of trends around um the technology in people's homes in general so like you know smart speakers or um internet things type devices because i know i've been chatting to alexa a lot more just for someone to talk to (laughs) um and yeah getting (laughs) a lot more involved in um i suppose setting up ways my home can help me do work at home more effectively so you know routines and and all that kind of stuff i'm just wondering if you've seen any of that kind of behavior yeah absolutely uh so being part of the service team it's it's incredible because you can not only you're not isolated into your problem space but you also have access to other designers working in other programs so you can see what people are doing with sound what people are doing with um the the new laptops and new tablets so it gives you exposure to a lot of interesting projects and makes your head spin quite a bit so you can definitely see like how of course like conference calls and video calls now are are vital for for the work that we all do every day so uh the investments on on displays that are 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 kind of a not utilities yeah like utilities like your your fridge or your stove mm-hmm. are they called utilities um no. if, what well, i think we call like them white, white goods. goods yeah why yeah exactly like thinking about devices as white white goods yeah, I mean, you call them what you want to call them. White goods doesn't make any sense anyway because my fridge is black. So. <laughs> right. That's how they call them in the UK. But in the UK, they always have weird ways of calling things. <laughs> so white goods. Uh, back in it, so there are two big things that changed, right? Like one was that um, when when you're working in in a in a in an office with your team. 
people that are online are often second citizens, which is very unfortunate, unfortunate, but it's, it's like, uh, it's very true. If you have, I feel that if you have five people in a conference room and three people online, those five people will have way more advantage because of body language, because of, uh, well, everything that (laughs) comes with being in the same room with other people. And the, unfortunately the, the other three people, a lot of times become second citizens in a meeting like that. So reversing, reverse engineering that and thinking about that problem, it's something that we're very uh, worried about, uh, not worried about, but we're, we're actively investing on that whenever the, the office opens again. And some people are going to be comfortable going back to the office, but some people are still going to, uh, won't feel as comfortable going back to the office. And how we can not go back to that situation of some people feeling like second citizens in a meeting when they're online. So we're thinking a lot on the hardware space about things like that for sure. Uh, like this, this coming back to the office and this mixed workspace where some people are going to work from home remotely and some people are going to work from the office. How we can do things differently moving forward. I feel I feel that's a, a huge theme that uh, we're we've been talking quite a bit. And the second part is as as you were mentioning, Chris, we've been spending too much time at our house and this makes us reflect on how we can make our house smarter. Like our our home is not just the place we wake up and and then we leave we leave our home and then we come back at seven o'clock, six, seven o'clock at night and we have some food and sleep again. We spend all our creative time and our active time in our homes and that definitely makes us think more about how we can make our home smarter, how we can make our home help us on our daily tasks. Uh, how we can make our home uh, more cozy and make us feel more uh, not not so lonely, you know. And what tech can make us? Uh, how, how tech can and and devices can can accomplish those things as well. So I, I feel those two things. One is working remotely. How we can do work remote work better. How we can improve this mixed work workspace um situation that we're going to get into very soon and also how we can make our home uh like looking back at our home and reflecting more about our the place we we live how we can improve on 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 our our homes um i have a a question like based on what you were saying and you know how People's like consumers behaviors is changing so rapidly and you know going back to the point of uncertainty um how like do you guys prototype let's say prototype lots of different features and then i'm just kind of interested in the design process um and then just kind of go with lots of ideas first and then test those with you know with customers and also talk to the engineer team to see if it's feasible uh, or you kind of refine so it's more like i just want to understand what the design process you guys follow internally oh yeah so uh because a lot of our 
projects in the Surface team, they are they run on devices that sometimes do not exist, or they they run the, those software projects. They run on devices that are um, like that they're they're new form factors. So uh, as much as we can, we love designing on the devices that we're designing for. So prototyping is huge for the software side is, is a huge part of what we do in, 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 in our team. Like my personal experience is uh, like, usually I don't even go to pen and pencil. I go straight to my prototyping tool. With, like we use ProtoPy quite a, quite a lot, which is a prototyping tool. So Pro- ProtoPy is almost my, my pen and paper. I, I go, when I have an idea, I go straight to ProtoPy and I draw a few boxes, make them, (laughs) make them dance (laughs) uh, uh, in my prototype, put it into uh, either, either the device that if we have the device already, put it into the device or put it into something close to that device. And we showcase to ourselves to into, into in the design team the prototype to evaluate if the if the idea is good and we also show that to the engineers to start getting an assessment of feasibility of the of the of the idea and we we do have a very close relationship with our engi- our engineers where every step of the design process we we have meetings with them to validate if something is kosher or not if something is expensive or not, so we we have an assessment of uh, of what what like how we, how we can get around technical constraints and still have a very polished and and conceive the best experience that we want. So we yeah we, we start we start with prototyping from the get go, like our, our wireframes are already prototypes, and we we just take the fidelity up a notch uh, for for the for the ideas that we have the the blessing from our design leadership our design team and and the engineering team all together and we just take those prototypes to the next level to the next level and so on great Oh, that sounds good. That sounds like the ideal. I think with now all these tools available, it's much easier to do that than before. But yeah, sounds really good. So just to wrap up now, um, we always ask this question to most of our guests. And um, I hope I'm not putting you on the spot there. But I just wanted to see if there's any books, podcasts, resources, or uh, something interesting that you recommend um, junior designers or just designers like you, experienced designers who are looking for advice to navigate today's like uncertainty and complexity of, of the design world. Is there anything that you can tell them to do or action um, that is a bit more tangible? It would be great. Uh yeah, no, that's that's always hard <laughs> to to recommend. I there's a, I'm I'm gonna do something a little bit not so orthodox. It's um my dad gave me a book called Finish. It's uh it's not design related, but it, I think 
it, it brings a lot of good topics. Uh, let me, the, the author of the book is John Akuf. I think that's how I pronounce his name. Um, and basically it, it's kind of like, uh, it, it's a book that talks about, uh, it, it's called finish. Give yourself the gift of done. And my, my dad gave me that, uh, <laughs> That book as a like a backhand slap compliment. I, I don't know how how the <laughs> the the term goes. A backhanded but compliment, you mean? Backhanded compliment, um, saying that like I do a lot of things, but I don't finish them because a lot of times I'm I'm too perfectionist on the th- the things that I do, and I think that's um, and then uh, he gave me the book. I read it, and. It's kind of a, it's an interesting book that mentions uh, basically that, well, uh, done is better than, than it's basically you give yourself the gift of done. And by that, uh, it means that uh, you give, you give out your perfectionism to, to have realistic uh, goals and achieve them and finish whatever you, whatever you, you, you started. And that's, uh, for, for, for designers, I think that's really an interesting concept because a lot of designers start their, uh, their journeys thinking about like every task needs, every step of the process needs to be perfectly polished and perfectly, um, presentable and it needs to be high fidelity and needs to be exactly how it will be in the end. And they give out the, they give away the, the, the scrappiness and the, the, the nimble of wireframing and prototyping and being, and having tons of ideas and scrapping them and failing fast because they, they, they attached themselves to perfectionism so that book actually sparked me something interesting which is basically giving uh so letting letting that perfectionism go and and making sure that you finish whatever you try to what what you started (laughs) yeah yeah and i think yeah i know many people who could probably use a bit of a read of that book (laughs) yeah Especially me. (laughs) Eduardo, thank you so much for being with us. Really interesting um, insights for our audience. And yeah, good luck with the future products that Microsoft are going to release. Thank you so much for the invitation. Search and subscribe to Design Untangled using your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. Follow us on the web at designuntangled.co.uk or on Twitter at designuntangled. 